Hello there, and welcome to Dear Fandom, where everything you like is terrible. And that's okay. I'm Megan. And I'm Hillary. <laughs> and today, we are going to discuss something that I have been, like, researching, which which is exactly what I do, on and off for, like, the past three or four weeks, uh, which is The Boys. It's a... It's a, it's a 2019 TV series based off of a comic book written in 2005 by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. Uh, the TV show, however, is created by Eric Kripke. And basically what this show deals with, uh, I think more superior to the comic, is the idea of uh, the, the uh, hero worship and mass celebrity that superheroes have in modern American culture specifically. Uh, the, this, the boys deals with the idea of superheroes being real, much like they do in the Marvel universe or the DC universe or every other cinematic universe that exists. Um, <laughs> and But it deals with more about the idea of superheroes being a corporation. So uh, the boys gets their name from a group of men and one woman who uh, are against <sighs> superheroes. The... the I mean, I don't worry. Believe me, there's no problem with the name. I love the name The Boys because they're all grown adult men and they're amazing. Their characters are phenomenal. But let me get into the let me get into the uh, uh, what's it called? The um, story. OK, so The Boys are your technically they're your protagonists and they're non superpowered humans. There there are five of them. There's Billy Butcher, who's played by. Oh, my goodness. I have literally Carl Urban, who is the guy who's in oh everything. God. The guy who's in everything. Have you seen him in things? He's in that thing. Did you watch Star Trek? He's in Star Trek. Did you watch Thor Ragnarok? He's in Thor Ragnarok. Did you see that one thing from that one TV show 16 years ago? He was in that thing 16 years ago. Um, and he plays Billy Butcher, who is like um, just just so beautiful, just so gorgeous. Um, is he? He, he absolutely is. Oh my God. He's amazing. And he's got this. So he's from New Zealand. So he has a New Zealand accent. However, in the boys, he's playing a very like, um, like British, uh, like I wouldn't even say like a chav, like an older chav, whatever the equivalent is. And, uh, and he's amazing. He's wonderful. He plays like a, uh, a contracted agent for the CIA. Then you have, uh, Yui, Campbell, who is played by Jack Quaid. Fun fact about Jack Quaid, he is the son of uh, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, a.k.a., you know, that those people that your mom really likes watching. Um, like, Sleepless <laughs> in Seattle was great. I really enjoyed The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. He's in that. Not Jack Quaid, his dad, Dennis. Um, Jack <laughs> I, Quaid was, like, six. I always forget that. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was God. the dad in uh, pa Parent Trap. Believe me, I've, I mean, when it comes to rom-com stars, my mom was like, all right, we're putting it sit down, kids. We're putting this on. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think your mom, like, puts, like, stock in, like, Meg Ryan's, like, career. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, it's great, though. Because um, I guess I am, I'm named Megan, so I'm just like, oh, it's me, kind of, not really. Um, so then we have Yui, who is a new recruit to the team. Yui is... Uh, kind of just a, I, I mean, very relatable in terms of a character. He still lives with his dad, who's played by Simon Pegg. The reason his dad is played by Simon Pegg is because in the comic, Yui 
is Scottish and looks like a goddamn clone of Scott, of Scott Pegg, of Simon Pegg. And they wanted to pay homage to the comic because in the comic, Yui is a bit older. Yui's a man in his 30s, um, like late 30s, and he's a little bit more established in his life. So uh, actually, no, 30s because it was written in 2005. Yep, 2005 was 15 years ago, everybody. No. Um, <laughs> so uh, so uh, Simon Pegg is playing his dad now, which is already horrifying to think about. <laughs> yeah, I think Simon Pegg is like 50, I think. Yeah, oh, wow, Jesus, okay. Um, <laughs> Megan has an existential crisis in the middle of an episode, uh, part 74. Um, so, uh, and then the other members are... Uh, Mother's Milk, Frenchie, and uh, Kimiko slash the female. Um, and they're played by... So um, Mother's Milk, a.k.a. Marvin Milk, is played by... Uh, let me just make sure I have... Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, Laz Alonzo. And Frenchie is played by Tomer Capon. And they are absolutely amazing. Uh, they're, it's, it's just a, such a really diverse group. Uh, and uh, Kimiko is played by Karen Fukuhara. 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 Megan's... Megan's getting all the names today. Um, and you may know Karen Fukuhara as uh, that one character in that Suicide Squad movie that we all pretended we didn't watch. Um, remember? Remember that? Jared Leto sent rats to people. Oh, creepy. Um, but she's she's a largely silent character. Her, um, her character in the comic actually has barely any backstory. Uh, Frenchie and Mother's Milk are are part of the boys team. Karen is also, uh, Karen, Kimiko is also more of a new recruit. She's, it's great to know that, that her name is Karen because I'm just going to say it on accident a lot, guys. So, uh, <laughs> so that's your boys. Um, now they are up against the antagonists of the, of the TV show, which are Vought or the seven. And Vought is the corporation that owns the seven. The seven are the equivalent to like the justice league slash the Avengers. Um, you have Homelander, who is your super Superman-like tie-in. He's basically a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, all-American boy who flies around with the American flag on his back. And he's got, you know, your Superman powers. Super strength, bulletproof, laser vision, um, can fly. Nothing too, like, intense in terms of, like, a deviation from who Superman is as a character. Then we have Queen Maeve. Queen Maeve is your Wonder Woman tie-in. She's got a kind of, like, Wonder Woman-esque costume, super strength. I don't believe she flies in the TV show. In the comics, she does. Uh, she's, uh... One of the one of the things about Queen Maeve is she's a longtime member of the Seven, along with Homelander. Uh, then there's Translucent, who is uh, the Invisible Man, and that's basically what he does: is he's invisible and he's bulletproof, kind of. Yeah. Um, and then we have A Train, who's your equivalent to the Flash, uh, and he's, you know, he he's uh, he's actually one of the more pivotal characters to the TV show. Um, in the comic, he's kind of just, not that he's not important, it's just in the comic, he's very complicit in a lot of the actions of the, uh, main, like, main, the main seven, he's one of seven, but there's, Homelander leads a lot of shit, and A-Train kind of just goes along with it like a, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? A follower, obviously, but like a frat boy, you know, when you have, like, mm -hmm. the, the head of the frat house and the frat boys, like, the three in the background, yeah, that's basically how A-Train is in the comic. In the TV show, they're a lot more separated. They're all very much separate entities. Then you have Black Noir, who is, if I were to qualify him as a character in any kind of uh, cinematic universe, 
Black Panther would probably be more. It's, it's you know, he's wearing a completely black costume. He does a lot of hand-to-hand combat, except Black Panther isn't as super-powered as Black Noir. Um, it's more, uh, Black Noir is, uh, he's bulletproof, he's fireproof, he's, he's uh, very, very uh, strong. He can't fly either. Um, then you have the deep which is your aquaman analogy and he's played by chase crawford aka that guy from gossip girl that we all kind of pretended to like at some point i didn't because i thought he was stupid who didn't like stupid um, <laughs> and uh he's great i um and chase crawford's performance i mean the deep's terrible um and, and then the newest member of the seven who is uh starlight who is played by aaron moriarty i haven't told you of most of the cast but to be honest uh, I'm just going to call them by their character names anyway. Um, That's fine. That's fine. And, and uh, so Starlight is a girl from the middle of Iowa, very into Jesus. Her mom is played by Joan and John Cusack's sister. There are three of them. Is her name Jane? I, I oh God, <laughs> Um, I don't. Oh my God. Who plays? Anne. It's Anne Cusack. Uh-huh, I'm so disappointed. I am as well. Come on. Like, the parents <laughs> got to get on it. It was like, you should have been John, Jane, and Joan. We would have been set. But it's Aunt, which means she's the oldest of the siblings. Um, <laughs> You're... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a really shitty joke for me to make about to give birth. Anyway, so so um, so um, those are your, your antagonists and your protagonists. And the reason I use those words as opposed to heroes and villains is because those lines get completely blurred throughout the course of the series. The show starts... Huey is uh, at work. He's clocking out for the day to go hang out with his girlfriend, Robin. Robin and him have this fun conversation. She decides to talk about, you know, I think we should move in together. Huey's like so happy about this. They, um, they're, you know, they're like, they're like in this moment of pure happiness. And then uh, in a moment, uh, Robin's body explodes completely all over the place. And A-Train just stops to notice that he has ran through a human being. And Yui stands there and he's like, um, in absolute, complete traumatic shock. A-Train's like, I'm sorry, I gotta get going, I gotta go, and he leaves. And uh, this sets off a chain where Yui comes in contact with Billy Butcher. Billy Butcher finds out about Robin's death. And the reason um, Billy finds out about Robin's death is because it's reported on the news. She was ran over by a superhuman going at the speed of light. She was obliterated. There was no body to bury except for the hands that she was holding Yui with. And it's a image. It is an image to start your show on, especially considering that if you enter this blind, you have no idea what you're going into. This show on a scale of like Hannibal Gore, it's there, except if it's, it's Hannibal Gore, if, if Hannibal Gore were less artistic and more like Ash versus Evil Dead type situation. Oh, yeah. So like, yeah. So like halfway between like sort of, you know, gross but not too like campy um no it's completely it's not campy at all it is absolutely and totally totally uh graphic though so like some of the some of the deaths that happen so when robin explodes you see her like hands and like her wrists just holding on to yui's and he just looks down in abject horror um he gets splattered with her with her uh uh, entrails 
Um, you see pieces of her spine. Like, this is just one of the things. Um, I mean, other things, there's a character uh, who gets exploded from the inside out. They shove a bomb up his ass, and uh, Yui explodes that bomb. And uh, that's fun. That's, that's, that was, that was in fun for me to watch personally, because, you know, sometimes you just want to, you want to, you, you know what you're eating, like popcorn sometimes. And then you're like, oh, this can't get any more gory. And then a person explodes on screen and you're like, lots of entrails. <laughs> that's a lot of intestines, man. We got long intestines, don't we? <laughs> oh my God. So um, the show basically follows the plot of Yui joining the boys. Billy Butcher finds out about, a train running down this girl and he recruits uh, he recruits Yui and then after recruiting Yui he goes to his friends who were part of the boys this is like what we the audience don't know is this is a second team up of the boys there was a team up of the boys years before and uh they all disbanded the reason they disbanded was because uh when regular plain humans go up against superheroes they don't win uh, that's generally the rule of thumb. If you're not super strong and can't fly and you go up against someone who has both of those abilities, it's just not likely that you'll come out successful. No. Uh, so in, in t like, without giving away too much, because I really don't want to give away too much, I want to talk more about, like, themes and, and, th and things, like, with regards to why I like it. Uh, so I, it's, it's, without giving away too much this the reason they disbanded the first time was because they billy was not their leader the first time it was a woman named grace mallory and uh she's introduced at the end of the season and basically the reason she disbanded the team is because she suffered a great personal loss by fucking around with superheroes and uh it's it sucks because i think for the audience we we're all i think anybody who's watching the boys obviously in, like, indulges in superhero culture we all adore the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Even if we don't adore it, we're like, God damn it, Ant-Man and the Wasp came out and I still didn't see that shit. All right, hold on. Is it on Netflix yet? <laughs> <laughs> and The Boys deals with that. The Boys deals with the idea that, okay, so not only do we have superheroes, we're going to make superhero movies. We're going to have superhero TV shows. We're going to have smaller superheroes who like, who do like, you know, more like, and superheroes are kind of contracted out like, like in the way we had cops and live PD, that's kind of what they would do with smaller superheroes. And when I say smaller superheroes, I mean, usually it's superheroes that just don't have the exact same strength as the seven. So the seven are generally all super strong. Almost all of them are invincible. Um, some of them have regeneration powers. Uh, some can fly, you know, uh, with the deep, he's, he's able to breathe underwater and can talk to animals, AKA Aquaman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so like they, they only introduce one smaller superhero. Uh, no, actually they introduce a few. Um, so like one of them is this guy named Ezekiel who is, um, one of the other themes is how superheroes, so they're, they're chosen by God because this is something that the audience believes they have, like, there's this divine providence that certain babies are born with superpowers. Their mother may not have had superpowers and their father may not have had superpowers, but they do. It's divine. It's, it's something that God has chosen them for. So it, it, there's a lot of like heavy themes in the boys that, that Marvel wouldn't touch with a 30,000 foot pole. Um, like they'll, they'll, they'll discuss stuff like Wakanda, but they would never in a million years talk about hero worship in the way that it does like, it, it, it does toe a line very closely to uh, putting, you know, Jesus and Superman right next to one another. Yeah. And uh, as no surprise, the Superman character Homelander 
is very religious, heavily religious. If I had to describe a form of religion, it's, it's more along the lines of like evangelical Protestant, like very loud and out and about your religion to the point where it's the formation of your personality. It's the formation of your identity. There is nothing, your core building block is that your religion makes you right. And uh, Homelander is of this definite, like I am right all of the time. And spoiler, for, for Homelander's character specifically, he's so fucking evil. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, bet. I can't, I can't tell you everything evil he's done, but I will tell you something about the comic book that it does show up in the TV show, but not in the exact same context. So in the comic book, Homelander, um, there's this bid to use superheroes in military, uh, to try and get superheroes involved in war, because they believe that if they have superheroes involved in war, it will become a much faster war. I mean, it'll become a much more expensive war is what they mean, but they, they're selling the idea to the public as a faster war that if we involve superheroes, every, we will win fast. Well, yeah, they had, um, not, uh, I'm, I guess I'm going to like relate this to like the sort of hero worship we have for like popular like celebrity icons in these worlds it would be superheroes it's like when elvis was like answered the draft like that's like a the example i can think of like he was like the god exactly and but the the only difference is is with elvis answering the draft is when he entered the the military he would have yes there would have been other soldiers that would have treated him with reverence but he wouldn't have been above the chain of command because it's not like he had any power other than the money that he made as a musician to lord over anyone whereas if someone like homelander entered the military he could literally go up to the head of the u.s army branch shit on his fucking doorstep and say i fucking hate you and turn around and and the guy would do nothing because Homelander could melt his brain out with his laser eyes. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's something that, that, and Homelander, more than anything, I mean, you can probably get it from the name, but he just wants to be in war. He just really wants to kill people so badly. He's a murderer. And uh, it's, it's, it's uh, it, and one of the things that, that happens in the comic, and it happens similarly in the show, just obviously under different context, yeah. is 9-11 happens in the comic because the, sh- the comic was released in 2005. So 9-11 had only been five years, four years prior. Yeah. So um, in the comic, comic 9-11 didn't happen in the exact same way so they got the note um so they got the notice of the hijacking of the planes and they send homelander and queen mave and a a few other superheroes to go and save the people kill that kill the hijackers save the people we'll get on we'll get in the military and it'll be all wonderful and what happens is is homelander is not a military member nor does he have any cop training he is a pretty boy who's very very strong and he has no idea how to handle hostage situations and uh what happens is he kills the uh hijackers with his laser vision however um that also those those lasers it's not like he can just be like okay i'm just going to turn it to level one and we'll just zoop and that one's dead he he goes at it full blast and he annihilates the control board of the plane so the plane is no longer in control. And Homelander himself goes, I can't save all these people. I'm not going to save all these people. And he leaves. And so the plane diverts course and it doesn't hit the Twin Towers in the comic. It instead hits the Brooklyn Bridge. People still die. It is still a national tragedy. The only difference is, is uh, the government covers it up in the sense that they, you know, Vaught tries to, because the only people who are up there are the people in the plane and the superheroes. So the superheroes decided we're all going to tell a lie and we're all not going to, we're all going to pretend like, you know, we had no way to save them. 
uh, because of government interference and they blame it on the government. And it's, it's, it's similar things happen in the show, obviously not under the context of 9-11. The show is set in 2019, but it does have a similar scene with the plane. And uh, it's, it's, it's horrifying mostly because it comes down to this idea of selflessness versus selfishness and how celebrities really would never be willing to risk or sacrifice their lives for, for the good of humanity because it's all about making that money, getting their name out there, getting that coin. And Maeve deals with this in a different way than Homelander. Like Homelander, this he, it rolls off his back. He's like, I don't give a shit that these people died in this plane crash. Maeve, however, she struggles with addiction. Uh, and she... Uh, in the TV show, which it's not it's not in the comic, but this is one of the best updates to the TV show, is that in the comic, she's a straight woman who sleeps with many, many men to kind of alleviate the, the, the abject feeling of her sins and like, you know, weighing on her. And she drinks heavy. Whereas in the TV show, she is a closeted, uh, it's not de it's not determined if she's bi or a lesbian, but she's a closeted woman who has been pretending to be straight for the cameras. And... Uh, and she, after this plane crash in the TV show, she goes to her ex-girlfriend's house just drunk and sobbing and and she feels overwhelmed with this guilt. And her ex-girlfriend said, like, she's like saying stuff like, I think of you every day. And then the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend goes, well, I don't even get a chance not to think of you because you're on the TV every day. And it, it brings this perspective of, you know, dating a celebrity when you're not one and the idea of having to see their face everywhere you go, especially a celebrity who's closeted and isn't willing or wants to come out because they're afraid it will affect their brand. And these are all very human emotions on very superhuman people. Yeah. And it's just... Oh, it's it's so good. When I tell you that I I I just wish that more movies that re that revolve around superheroes would deal with the humanity as opposed to just the PTSD that superheroes deal with because they did all the good and they watched all the people die. So watch Thor get fat and, and Iron Man get sad a lot. <laughs> like, I it's I fine. am very intrigued by this Homelander character because I've always been intrigued by this sort of, I mean, we see it a little bit with Dr. Manhattan, whereas, uh, like, to not, not to bring Watchmen into everything, but... Um, Actually, when it came out, this came out right around the time uh, the Watchmen 2019 came out, and there was a lot of comparisons. One of the uh, arguments I got into at a New Year's Eve party, or no, Christmas party, was... Uh, was they were like, I'm so sick and tired of all these dark superhero shows. And I'm like, there's two. Let's calm down here. There's, <laughs> there, there's two, there's two parentheses, two. Um, two. Where, um, um, uh, I feel like Dr. Manhattan deals with it in a more, like, neutral manner. Whereas, like, he just doesn't care because he sees everything. And, like, he has, like, mm -hmm. the ultimate godlike power. Whereas yes. Homelander is, like... I'm just very intrigued by this person's, like, what if you just straight up used your powers, not as, like, not as, like, a supervillain or, like, to ruin the day, but just to do whatever the fuck you want as an agent of chaos, like. So, I'm gonna quickly just, like, go into this. So, this is, I'm gonna give a trigger warning to people uh, right now. This is, uh, this next section is gonna be about uh, sexual assault and abuse and rape in general. Uh, so, Homelander, as I'm sure it is no surprise to you, Hillary, uh, is a rapist. Yes, um, he's, sure. uh, yeah, he's I... raped, uh, the, the main reason that Billy Butcher has joined the boys is because it is believed, he believes that, uh, 
his wife was raped by Homelander and then she either killed herself or he killed her. He has no proof of this and no one is willing to help him, which drives his anger and his resentment of Homelander. And it's something that Billy has nothing to die, like nothing to live for. So that's why he goes after Homelander with every bit of vitriol and anger he has in his body with no care or want to live. If he, like, if Homelander kills him, it's fine. I'd rather, like he's, he's of the opinion, I'd rather die defending what I believe is, you know, my, like my, my wife's, you know, like he, he's, he's very much of the opinion that what happened between Homelander and his wife was 100% not consensual because he knew his relationship is with his wife and they actually show a, uh, a, uh, security camera footage. And, um, and the reason his wife was quote unquote chosen is because Homelander, as I said, works for Vaught International. His wife at the time was part of the social media campaign and, and operated Homelander's Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So she was in direct contact with him a lot. And obviously, if you're, if, you're, uh, if you're an assistant to a celebrity and the celebrity says, hey, can we go back to my hotel room? I want to talk about my Twitter for a moment. You're going to be like, oh yeah, well, I'm your assistant and I'm your social media manager. Well, let's do that. And she then comes out three hours later and she's disheveled, she's crying, she's shaking. Um, she's kind of in this state of shock and she never goes home. Uh, and what happens is, is she goes to a park, she sits on a bench for three hours, she leaves, and then there's no other recorded like CCTV, anything like that of her ever again. And um, so that's what's driving uh, Billy. And for for Yui, it's, it's, he's, that's why he, he sympathizes so much with Yui. Now, I introduced a character named Starlight before. Starlight is very much, I'm trying to think of like a good analogy. She's kind of the equivalent of like, I guess like a Kitty Pride rogue, like she's just your young naive girl from the from the South or or the Midwest, and and she's just trying to make her way and show all them men that I'm like real cool. She doesn't have an accent, um, <laughs> and she's played by Erin Moriarty, who I just want to I just want to inform everyone that isn't Kate Mara, or so just I was surprised too, but it's not Erin Moriarty is in fact not Kate Mara, so just be aware of that. <laughs> so. She gets accepted to join the seven. She does her auditions because she's in her home state of Iowa. She does her Little Miss pageant. It, it, it's very much her mother raises her like, Little Miss superhero, look at you. You're adorable. Oh my God, we're going to have you at pageants. Her ability is electricity. She can make electric stuff. Like, ooh, cool. And and then she gets accepted to join the seven. The reason she gets accepted to join the seven is you only get accepted to join the seven when there's a vacancy. Either somebody retires or somebody dies. But normally, in the case of the Seven, is they always retire. So, uh, because if you showed that superheroes could die, you'd have some kind of crises on your hand in humanity. Uh, so, she takes the place of this guy named Lamplighter, who, his character is not really extrapolated on in the TV show, other than to say he retired. Uh, and she takes his place, and one of the first things that happens to her is after she joins the Deep, uh, you know, he's her introduction. He's like, like he's showing her around this big loft that they all live in, this gigantic, you know, penthouse suite. Uh, and basically what happens is he threatens her saying that if you don't suck my dick and, you know, have sex with me, I will report you to the higher ups in this company and you'll get fired and you'll lose your job. And uh, because what happens is, is he threatens, like he doesn't threaten her. He, he coerces her and she's like, I'm a superhero, fuck you. And she makes all the electronics explode. And she's like, I will burn 
your eyeballs out of your socket if you do that to me. And then he threatens her saying, well, now you've just destroyed a whole bunch of electronics, so I can bring this to corporate. And he uses that in a, in a very much a corporate way that men have used the corporate setting to use, like, not just women, but women and men. And it's just, especially to get away with assault and abuse and rape, they, they use their threat of losing the job. And Starlight sees this and she goes, oh, God, I can't lose my job. And she gets assaulted. And it's, it's such a rough introduction for her. She has so much, uh, I think, pain and, and again, with, with a PTSD kind of situation. However, she has to swallow it and she can't let anyone know this occurred. Because one of the first interactions we see with her is with Queen Maeve. She's crying. She's puking in the toilet. She's just upset. And Queen Maeve goes, oh, get over yourself. You know, like, you know, the, the, if they see you cry, they're going to be upset or whatever. And then she leaves. And, uh... And I think for me, like, as a, like after watching the whole show, I hated Queen Maeve in that moment. But after watching the whole show, you realize that Queen Maeve acted that way because she was most likely put in a similar circumstance. Mm -hmm. And she knew she had to do what she had to do to survive so she could make it through every day. And it's, uh, and, and, and it's just, uh, Starlight is one of those characters where her arc, I think, is the most relatable outside of her superhuman abilities. Um, she ends up getting involved with Yui and Yui and her have a lot of, a lot of parallels. Yui has suffered at the hands of soups and so has Starlight just in very different ways. And, um, it's just this idea of, of this abuse of power, this constant abuse of power, no matter who it is, no matter how it's abused, no matter whether it's sexual abuse or, or physical or mental, emotional, verbal, it's just always there. And it's and when you give someone so much power in addition to physically having that much power, mm -hmm. it's something that it creates this this society of fear. Like you believe like these, like, like the, the general society believes, well, these people are protecting us. They can't hurt us. Why would they hurt us? And then the people who know them intimately, they're the ones who, and, and they feel like there's a, at one point in the show, there's a support group for people who have been assaulted, abused, anything by a soup. One of the guys, uh, one of the girls, uh, she had her back broken by somebody trying to save her. Like they saved her and then, the, but they, the landing was so hard, her back broke and she lost the use of her legs. Another man dated a woman who happened to have ice powers. And as she orgasmed, she turned into a sheet of ice. And uh, that did not work for him. Oh, uh, no. Yep. Um, and I just want to say that that guy also works for Vaught as well. And he's he's willing to apologize for her and be like, I loved her. And like, maybe what happened to me is the price I had to pay for being with a goddess. And then Billy butchers at these meetings because obviously he's also suffered. And he stands up and he goes, how the fuck can you people like accept this bullshit? And it's... While the narrative is about superheroes and why would we accept superhero abuse, it translates to the idea of, you know, like, why why do you keep buying from Amazon if they're constantly treating your sister like she's garbage at the warehouse? And you're like, I, I, I know, but, like, it's two days. Um, and it's, it's truly, like, a very... Like, it's something that you're like, capitalism sucks and superheroes suck. Let me just watch two more episodes on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Amazon Prime is aware of what they've done, but just wake up, people. <laughs> wake up. You're watching it on Amazon because they want you to believe they're good. 
I'm sorry. Everyone's like, all right, and close out right now. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just it's 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 a it's an amazing TV show. The comic, however, is a lot more. How do I describe the comic? Um, you can you can definitely tell that the guy who wrote this, Garth Ennis, was like, I am going to see how much shit I can get away with in a single comic book, and we'll see how long before the publisher kicks me off. And he used to write it for DC, and they were like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a it's a lot. The comic I've I've been reading uh some of the some of the chapters i've been listening to synopses of the show i mean of the show of the comics and the comics deal in a much larger grander scale of superheroes so in the in the comics uh there are 200,000 super superpowered people they're just fucking everywhere um and they're all over the world they're not centralized to america there's there's superpowered people in uh, Russia, there's superpowered people in Scotland and in different areas in uh, in the Middle East, um, in Asia, things like that. And uh, and in the TV show, it is just around 200. They say over 200 in the TV show, but they're all located in America. There's no super because it's a very American ideal to be a superhero. And I think I like that idea because having like having this idea that there'd be 200,000 different superpowered people across the world. I, I can't imagine that it would end well. Um, but also in the comic, they deal with the idea that superpowered humans do have degrees to their strength. Some have incredibly, like, incredibly strong abilities and are part of the seven. And some are barely functioning as humans. And, they, and the comic deals not just only with like the Justice League for the seven. There's a, there's a subplot about the G-Men, which I'm not sure if you've heard of this thing. It's called the X-Men. Um, so they just changed the X and made it a G, um, which is a different letter. <laughs> Sorry. I, s- really- <laughs> it, I swear to God, this guy was absolutely like, let's see how much I can play with copyright. Let's, let's just see. <laughs> it is insanity because I don't know how, like, whether Stan Lee or, like, Jack Kirby or, like, somebody was going to be like, excuse me. Hey, so um, this g plot... Both of them are dead. So hey, like, but I mean, 2005, they were not. Uh, I think, hold on. I know Stan Lee wasn't, but I feel like Jack Kirby was. All right, we're going to do a quick search. Hold on. on. <laughs> Jack Kirby's ghost comes out of the grave. Excuse me, sir. Oh, yeah. Jack, <laughs> Jack Kirby died in the 90s. Oh, dang. Well, see, or or he he waited until Jack Kirby was dead, and he's like, all right, I'm just going to write this shit. Yeah, he, def- um, he definitely was like, okay, so it says here that he died on February 6, 1994. It's like... February seventh, nineteen ninety four. I'm gonna write this <laughs> idea. <laughs> so, so okay. So this is this is the plot of the G Men. Just to give you an idea. So similar to X Men, you have your your loving professor take take in all these children who are not wanted by their parents because they're mutants. Now, uh, what they fail, what they <laughs> what they say in the comic is that he's stolen a lot of these kids, number one. Um, he absolutely stole a lot of these kids, but he stole them from households where they were uh, ignored, heavily abused, one of 10 children, um, group homes, foster homes, things like that. They, they, he stole children from people who had poor caregivers. And it's 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 actually a, it's a subplot about child trafficking, really, and how these children grow up around this Professor G character and um, you have, you know, you have your Storm, you have your, like, Juggernaut-esque kinds of characters. Um, but 
what's so crazy about this particular plot is that um, a lot of the, 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 the boys, the comic focuses on how evil superheroes are and how evil soups are in general because they just have this power and they abuse it all of the time. Um, the, the G-Men, however, deal with this idea that these are children who, who have grown up a little bit, but a lot of them are mentally uh, stunted because of the abuse that they received in their infancy, in their childhood. And what happens is, is it deals with also the fact that Professor G has been abusing these children in addition. Of course. And it's it's something that I think any X-Man fan would go, Ex- excuse me, um, Professor X didn't do anything like that. He was, he was a good man and he loved him and everyone loved him and he was a great guy. And why would you say that? And be like, I'm not saying that Professor X did that, but if we're realistically looking at this scenario and he's taking in runaways from all across the country... I'm just, I'm just saying, like, there's, there's absolutely a possibility that, that, uh, you know, maybe if you were surrounded yourself by children who wouldn't be able to call their parents or the police because you were their only source of like living or food or anything like that, uh, uh, I'd say that, you know, odds are if you're rich, you may take advantage of that, especially if you're a rich single man. Yeah. Not trying to say anything. Not, not naming names. Don't worry. I'm not going to get sued. Um, but it's, and it deals with this. And um, what happens is, is Billy actually has this kind of like, like not Billy specifically, but Yui, like who, who's been kind of brainwashed by Billy into this idea that soups are all evil. And um, Yui starts to see this humanity that soups are, you know, it, it's kind of like this very morally gray area. Some are straight up evil. You have your Homelanders, you have your Deeps, you have your A-Trains. And who who just are evil for like the sake of just doing it because they have the power. Whereas you have this group called the G-Men and you're just kind of like, I wish I could have saved these people. I wish I could have made life better for them. Yeah. And um, now this is a spoiler for the comic, but I am 100% certain this will not be included in the TV show because this is some heavy shit for any company to tread on. Uh, and I doubt that any company would go 20 feet within the X-Men franchise. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens is, is uh, they find out that... Uh, all of the members of, I mean, I'm, I'm leaving out gigantic details, uh, but it's definitely something worth checking out if you want to read, uh, read this part of the boys, but all of the members of the G-Men have had like little chips implanted in their head, kind of like the end of Kingsman, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of like the end of Kingsman, (sighs) um, in the sense that Billy is given this, this, uh, this, this button that says, you know, if the G-Men, because... Uh, the P- Professor G had to ha- have a system of making sure that these children remained in his control. And um, he pressed a button and they all fucking died by their heads exploding because Billy cannot divorce the reality of a morally gray area when it comes to soups. He believes that they are consistently evil no matter who they are. And the TV show is starting to explore that. And it's amazing. Season two is coming out on September 4th. And there are some big changes to, to uh, from the comic book to the TV show. Um, already there's been an introduction uh, via the commercials that have been aired. They're introducing another female superhero. Her name's Stormfront. In the comic, she is played by a Jeffrey Dean Morgan looking kind of guy. Very tall, dark hair. He's a Nazi. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, that was that's probably what I should have led with. Um, but she's different because she's got uh, longer hair and she's shorter and she's also still a Nazi. Um, because that's, that seems like some integral plot points that you're just not going to be like, 
Yeah, we'll just cross out that not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and she also uh, so her powers are like Storm, like from the X Men. She can her name's Stormfront. She can control the weather. Yeah, I was uh, I was gonna say that that one's not even like <laughs> like you guys didn't even try. Like, <laughs> come on. Um, and, and there's a lot of ambiguity around her. What I, I can't oh, tell really? you for certain, what I, I mean, with, with regards to the, what they've shown on, uh, the commercials, so okay. what I can tell you for certain is she has a gigantic Instagram, like Facebook live type following, like very, very big online. She's very much an influencer superhero, which is not touched on in the comic book because in 2007, influencers didn't exist. Um, it was just called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous <laughs> and Cribs. And, uh, and so she has like, she's doing like a Facebook live and she's like, oh my God, guys. So I am here with Homelander and Queen Maeve. Hey everybody. And, and like Homelander's like, who the fuck is this? And she's like, I'm your new member. And he's like, oh, hey, how you doing, buddy? You're cute. Like, it's amazing. I truly, I know these are all superheroes who aren't like, who don't have real, like actual abilities in the real world, but man. Man, oh man, the fakeness of like these celebrities. I'm just like, this is perfect. Well, it's great. It's an interesting examination of celebrity in general. Like, like you said before, like you kind of relayed this point maybe like 20 minutes ago or something. But like, we treat celebrities like like the Kardashians, like they have fucking superpowers, and in a way, they do. Oh, because yeah. they can make you buy their shitty ass lip gloss. They could kill someone and they, not go to prison for it. What? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally fucking kill someone with the car. And it's like, no, it's cool. Whatever. No, they won't go to prison. They're not. They're, we're, we're celebrities. We're above the law. Well, yeah. Like, they, they get special treatment in prison. They get all this, like. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean. No, exactly. At the end of the day, celebrities, like, if you've ever watched the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie with, like, Jason Alexander and. All right, I'm going to stop talking about that. But, um, <laughs> no, but I, I didn't watch it. I just heard someone did think, at one point. But I think the idea of like adding supernatural abilities to that yes. is I mean, really it's, interesting. It's, it's more of like, because supernatural abilities and money are kind of like what the, your analogy the is. The same thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like it, like for, for so many celebrities, they'd get a DUI or they'd beat their girlfriend within a half inch of her life and then they'd like spend the night in prison and then they'd get out immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas anybody who doesn't have that money has to go to jail for those crimes. That is j- j- basically what happens. Do you commit domestic violence against your spouse or your partner? Oh, congratulations. If the cops are called, you're going to prison. Um... Especially if it's something as severe as, you know, giving them black eyes, giving them cuts, bruises, wounds, things like that. Um, if not, you know, then four more CD deals. Oh, my God. I Sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty heavy. True. It's, all of this is true. Like, this is the thing. It's like, I'm sorry that that's the facts of the matter that really did happen. But I love Rihanna. So just wanted to say that. Love her so much. Um, really, really sad about the fact that, like, or, like, you know, like, another one. Maybe you can assault a bunch of young men and, and possibly teenage boys. And you go to, you go to court once. And then you just disappear for most of the year, except for a weird freaky video on Christmas that you post on YouTube, just to remind us that you exist. And we're all like, I fucking hate you so much. I'm going to watch seven where you die. Um, (laughs) It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot because dealing with the fact, the true fact that celebrities get away with murder a lot. I mean, some literally do. 
some some legitimately have. <sighs> yeah. Um, and that's gonna be on our next episode of American Crime Story. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, and I think that's something. I mean, you can watch The Boys ten different times and interpret it ten different ways. For me. I like looking at it specifically from the hero worship, from the celebrity worship aspect. It's something that, I mean, I know personally when I was younger, especially a teenager, you'd find a celebrity you loved and there's nothing they could do wrong. There was an actor or who, whatever, um, and you would just obsess over them. You'd be like, this, I have all, like, you know, Justin Bieber back in the day, you'd have 16 million Justin Bieber photos and, or like, uh, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, I was really into like, Killian Murphy and he's done nothing wrong and there will never be a reason he's ever done anything wrong. <laughs> but but I'm certain that like that's the thing about being a celebrity is you're not exempt from committing, you know, crimes or, or doing things that, that the public can judge you for. And you're on a lar- lot larger of a scale. I think recently the public uh, discourse has changed to judging celebrities for their actions. However, that needs to be reflected in the fact that judging for their actions and actually punishing them for their actions are what's important. I think the best example I can think of recently is Danny Masterson. Uh, he's uh, now he's been charged with three counts of rape, I believe, and uh, stalking and using the Church of Scientology to just harass and intimidate women over the course of the last 17 years. And it is something that that so many people who have left the Church of Scientology are are celebrating because not only is he getting in trouble, but the church, the 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 power that has been protecting him is also getting in trouble. And that's a really good analogy for the Seven, Homelander specifically, and Vought. Vought is going to spend a shit ton of money to make sure Homelander never gets in trouble for anything. Whereas same thing with Danny Masterson in Scientology. And it's something that there are so many analogies you can see to everyday life in this show. Oh, it's going to be dark, but in ways that you didn't expect it. And the gore is just like one part of it. Okay. That sounds really good. I'll definitely check that out. I Absolutely. Season two, September 4th. Please sponsor me, guys. I'd love to meet like anybody in the cast, specifically Carl Urban. Hey, I'm pregnant. Please give me a call. Bye. <laughs> I'll let you wave at the baby through FaceTime. I will let you wave at the baby. And then I'll tell the baby when she's older. I'll be like, that was Carl Urban. And she'll be like, who? And I'll she'll be like, guy from that thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like, who the fuck is that, mom? Oh, God. All right. Wow. The next episode should be a lot lighter. We're going to talk about Care Bears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Uh, the next episode will be on something. We are currently doing kind of double time stockpiling those episodes for Megan's maternity leave. So um, it's going to be a surprise. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And uh, stay classy, Sandy. Oh, no, wait, that's not on our timeline. <laughs> you have a great time, everybody. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Don't go out unless you need to. You know, protect those pregnant ladies and those newborn babies and those immunocompromised people. Seriously. Just, just do the right thing, guys. Do the right, do the right thing. thing. All, All right. right. Bye. Bye.